Well, normally I start these with saying, you know, happy Saturday, good morning, good afternoon, etc. But I don't think it's a good anything or a happy anything. This is Locked On Blue Jackets with Jake Foster. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So I was going to record last night uh, to kind of talk about the Blue Jackets uh, losing, lost to Tampa Bay and the whole Pierre-Luc Dubois situation that kind of transpired there with him being benched for most of the game. Uh, And then as I was kind of putting my notes together and everything, it came out that he was being more aggressively shopped uh, as a result of that game. So I thought, okay, I'll hang on. Uh, I will record when the trade drops, if it drops, uh, hopefully before today's game, which is in about three and a half hours. Uh, and then there it is. So that's what that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, I am going to start by talking about the game a little bit, uh, just because I feel like um, that's kind of the that was the 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 last straw, kind of the breaking of the camel's back, as it were. Um, in terms of Pierre Luc Dubois, clearly he. He asked for a trade, and then Kekalainen has basically decided, I think, to sit on it and wait and um, kind of see what comes. He didn't want to make, he didn't want to be rushed into it. Uh, you know, I talked with Nolan Bianchi, uh, locked on Red Wings earlier this week, about how patient a GM he is. He doesn't make a rush move. Um, and Pierre-Luc Dubois um, obviously decided that he wanted to t- kind of take it into his own hands. Uh, which resulted in kind of the passive-aggressive on-ice temper tantrum that ensued for the first, like, three, four minutes uh, of his shifts, and the only three, four minutes of his shifts uh, in in Thursday's game. Um, there's a really good article on uh, Blue Shirt Banter about it, actually, um, saying that basically this was this was all... This was the worst possible way to kind of do it but it was also like almost the only way for Dubois to kind of have any kind of leverage over over the trade or his like time in Columbus or anything because he's an RFA because he wasn't um eligible for arbitration he basically had to either sign what the Blue Jackets said or sit and wait uh, and not play until the Blue Jackets decided to trade him. So I was really mad about it at first because I was like, okay, he's throwing a temper tantrum uh, to kind of push Kekalainen into doing something. Uh, and I was mad because it worked. And I don't feel like we should be rewarding that kind of behavior. But also, it's hard to begrudge him for wanting any kind of control over even like the action of being traded because he can't um he doesn't get to dictate where he goes he hasn't got any kind of no trade or no move clause so he basically goes wherever Kekalainen wants him to go so obviously he kind of was like right I want to control literally one thing about this whole situation and I haven't spoken about it much on the podcast before but I am generally in favor of kind of if RFAs don't want to sign, then I don't think they should be forced to sign. Or there was a big thing a few seasons ago when Mikey Riley 
uh, didn't want to sign with us, so he just stayed in college for an extra year, or uh, Jimmy VC didn't want to sign with the Sabres, I believe, so he just waited until his draft rights ran out and then signed as a free agent somewhere. You know, it's I don't begrudge any of these players for wanting to have a say in kind of where they play. However, I do have a lot of kind of, not regrets, just like negative feelings about how this whole thing kind of went down. Um, I talked about it a little bit on like my personal Twitter in terms of on December 30th, everything was fine. He hadn't signed, but everyone, like I talked to Jeff Svoboda mid-November and he was like, don't worry, Dubois is going to sign. You know, he just bought a new condo uh, in Columbus, and apparently, you know, it was basically, he had a lot of say in the design and, uh, decoration of it, um, so, you know, everything seemed like he was planning on being here for a long time. December 31st, there was rumblings of a trade request rumour. About half an hour after that, signed a contract, and then the day after that, so that would be January 1st, it was... Pierre-Luc Dubois wants wants trading. Um, He doesn't want to be here anymore. And that was kind of, that was it. Um, And then it was January 21st that the the Bulls game happened. So it was just over three weeks to go from everything is fine to this. Um, Which worries me that the relationship could have broken down that fast. Like, I mean, obviously there are things that we don't know. There are things that we might never know uh, about why he wants a trade or kind of how bad things got in the past. Um, But it just, I don't know, the whole thing has kind of left a really bad taste in my mouth um, for for a variety of, of reasons. Uh, coming up in just a minute, uh, we'll talk a little bit about um, what the, some of the factors might have been uh, resulting in a trade. We're going to talk a little bit about Tortorella, uh, and we're going to look a little bit more detail at that shift that was his last shift as a Blue Jacket. Uh, but first, let me tell you about Bet Online. So, you know, college football is heading into bowl season. There's some big matchups this weekend. Uh, the Super Bowl is coming up. The NBA is happening. Uh, Obviously, the NHL has been back for a couple of weeks now. And if you wanted to make a little bit of money, then have I got the place for you? BetOnline is the only place that has you covered. It's the only place that we trust. Uh, So if you sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus, uh, you could put some money on how many goals Pierre-Luc Dubois will score in his Jets debut or when... Patrick Laine will make his uh, debut with the Blue Jackets. I believe he's out injured at the minute. Uh, Or you could put some money on who our leading scorer is going to be, because it's not going to be Dubois anymore. So don't sit on the bench for much longer. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. So obviously... We talked a little bit about why he might want to trade. Uh, this episode was mostly, you know, before all this came out. I was going to focus on Tortorella and 
kind of the relationship that he seems to have with star players. Um, and then, obviously, you know, my, my plans changed, uh, but I do still kind of want to touch on Tortorella versus Dubois in terms of how likely it is that Tortorella is part of the problem in Columbus. Um, and I don't necessarily think that's true. Um, a lot of people kind of harp on about how he ran Ryan Johansson out of town and he ran Bobrovsky out of town and he ran Panarin out of town. And like, I don't know that any of those things are true. Um, I do think he clashed with uh, Johansson for various reasons. Uh, I don't know that he had a particularly great relationship with Bobrovsky. Uh, Panarin, I don't think he had any issues with. People just kind of seem to lump everyone that wants to leave Columbus uh, together in one thing. But we've had a problem with players wanting to leave way before Tortorella arrived. You know, we've got Jeff Carter, which I'm not going to go into. We've got Rick Nash. But I feel like to say that it's all on Tortorella as a reason for why players don't want to stay is very kind of simplistic. Um, no, I don't think they did get on very well. Uh, once again, you know, we've got that video in the playoff bubble and, uh, you know, he's happy to bench guys if they make mistakes. You know, Bear Domi was benched earlier this season. You know, he's healthy scratched Cam Atkinson last season, I believe, you know, so he's not afraid to make guys sit if he thinks that they're not kind of playing hard enough. That being said, I don't know that Dubois is the kind of player that is going to demand a trade just because he doesn't get on with the head coach. Like, I talked about it with Nolan a little bit. Um, He's an adult. He is not scared of Tortorella or, like, he's been yelled at by coaches basically his entire career. I bet, um, because that's just what hockey is, and I don't know that there's anything right or wrong in that. I just think it's how the sport is, and so to say that Pierre-Luc Dubois is demanding a trade just because he doesn't want to play for Tortorella anymore is, I think, does a disservice to both Pierre-Luc Dubois and Tortorella, who definitely has some flaws, um, and maybe, yeah, is on the way out in Columbus, but I don't necessarily think that that's a big kind of problem. I think it might be part of the reason. Um, you know, if you like, obviously, you know, if you don't like your boss, then you're gonna be happy to get away from them. But I don't know that it was bad enough. That relationship was bad enough that it was the sole reason for wanting, um, wanting to go. Uh, I was talking to a friend as well. Like I've made, I made a bunch of jokes about how, um, the rumours were that, you know, he wanted to play on a bigger stage. So, you know, New York, Toronto, Edmonton, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I made a bunch of jokes about how funny it would be if he ended up in, like, Arizona or Anaheim uh, or Winnipeg. You know, smaller stages even than Columbus, I would argue. Um, and then my friend made a made a good point of if it if we send him to Winnipeg, then it kind of fulfills a purpose of we get to be petty about now he's not playing for a bigger market but also he is closer to his family and if there is kind of something in his personal life or in his family life um which it very well could be you know he's been very close-lipped about the whole thing 
Uh, it very well could be that someone in his family is very ill and he wants to be closer to them or, you know, something something along those lines. Um, in which case, we get to be petty about him playing in Winnipeg and he also gets to be close to his family, uh, which means, you know, I think it's a, it's a win for everyone in this situation, except maybe my heart. Um, because, you know, I I really liked... Dubois, ever since we drafted him, I was like, okay, listen, he's going to be really good. He's He got a lot of stick for us picking him third overall when we should have picked Pugliavi. Um, But I liked him. I thought he was a good kid. Kind of the first season in Columbus, I was like, okay, you know, even better. Um, and he's kind of continued to grow and grow and grow. And he seems like a really good kid. Uh, just a really kind of nice guy which is completely at odds with the kind of what we've seen coming out of Columbus over the past three weeks. So I don't... I think I would feel better if I knew more about why, which is ridiculous because, you know, he doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe us um, his story. But the fact that we're hearing that he won't tell, like, teammates or anything worries me a little bit. Uh, and makes me wonder, you know, is it something in the organization that's kind of deep seated and and that and you know something like that, which which worries me a little bit. Um, I don't know. The whole thing just makes me sad. Like I keep, I know that that's not like the hard hitting analysis that that you necessarily want about this trade, but you know, I had I have his jersey hanging up on my on my wall. You know, it it sucks. I thought he was going to be, you know, him, Jones, Warensky were going to be, you know, the next, the core of this team for a long time. Uh, and it it really sucks that he is not going to, not going to be that. Uh, coming up in just a minute, we will check in on uh, Patrick Alana and Jack Roslovich, who were the returning pieces for the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. We also sent a third round 2022 pick back to Winnipeg. So I feel like this trade has been brewing for a little while because Patrick Line has, you know, wanted something more than the Jets organization for a while now, and it felt it felt really kind of like a perfect a perfect match. We need scoring, uh, and Dubois doesn't want to be here. Um, there is a certain irony in us going out and getting that top line winger to play with that top-line centre that we no longer have. Um, but it's very kind of, if you strip everything else away, and it's very base components, it is us trading for a piece that we desperately need. Um, and I think it's helped a little bit. Like, it's it's taken some of the sting out of it, you know, picking up Max Domi, uh, who has not been great so far, but had a pretty good game. Uh, on Tuesday in Detroit, and I thought he was, you know, he was fine uh, against Tampa Bay. Um, so, you know, we have him. Texier has really kind of come along, and, you know, Tortorella can't say enough good things about him, which is usually a good sign. Um, and so, you know, we have options at centre. But that's just like, you know, like I said, at the base of it. It is us trading for a scoring winger, which is something we desperately need. Um, 
however it is us giving up a piece that we've kind of put four years of development into we've spent four years kind of getting attached to this young kid it you know we've talked about him like he's going to be the future of this team um and now he is not i guess we kind of hope that patrick line turns into kind of that piece that that dubois was uh in terms of you know a young star forward uh, i know he's had a couple of dips in production but again i wonder how much of that is i don't really want to be here so i'm not really going to play very hard um which is you know just as frustrating as it is when dubois does it and does not it like particularly endear me to him um because i feel like if you're getting paid that much money to do something you should do it you know don't don't phone it in um i think that was the final turning point for me with dubois as well was you know at least with artemi panarin we knew he wanted out we knew he was going to leave but he played his goddamn butt off the entire season he played really well in the playoffs he was a big part of us beating tampa bay even though he knew he wasn't going to be here he still kind of he tried and he was our leading scorer that season. And when you compare that to that shift of Pierre-Luc Dubois, then, you know, it's apples and oranges, which if the same thing is happening with Line, I'm not particularly enthused about that because what happens if he doesn't want to be here either and he just kind of drifts along for the year and then we get to the end of this year and he's an RFA again and we have to go through the whole thing again. Um... That being said, Patrick Laine is a very, 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 very good goal scorer. And if we can kind of get him going, give him, you know, something that he wants to play for, maybe he maybe he will be happy in Columbus. Maybe, you know, against all odds, he and John Tortorella will get on like a house on fire. And, you know, it'll every everybody wins. Um That being said, Jack Roslovich. Uh, he is a hometown kid, which, you know, I love. Uh, again, talk to Nolan about this. Like, I love hometown kids going back to their hometowns, um, with the exception of, like, every single time a Toronto-born player has to go, has to be up for contract negotiations, and Toronto's like, well, obviously they're going to come home. Um, but Jack Rosovich was very clear he was never going to play in Winnipeg again. Uh, he's actually been in columbus for the past few weeks skating with their triple a team uh, which i believe is where he played before he was drafted so it's nice to have a hometown boy uh love a columbus born player playing in columbus um and so that's nice however if you look at kind of his career so far it's not ideal um I don't think he kind of has reached his potential. Again, I don't know how much of that is kind of problems in Winnipeg. Like, I know that him and Paul Maurice didn't particularly get on very well. So, again, it's hard to kind of see how he'll react to the coaching change. Maybe he'll, you know, have a career resurgence. Maybe it'll turn out that he plays really well under Tortorella again. You know, it's tough to kind of look at what he was when the situation here is completely different to the situation there. Uh, I believe he hasn't signed officially, but they're looking at a two-year deal for $3.8 million, which is $1.9 million AAV, I think. 
which is not not the worst. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty okay with that. Um, so so that's that's it. Um, I think the main takeaway from this episode is that I understand it had to happen, uh, and I'm really angry about the way everything went down. But mostly, I'm just sad. Like, I'm gonna miss Pierre Luc Dubois. He was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I have a really good story about him that I don't think I ever got to tell on the podcast, uh, but I may tell it at some point in the future when I am less in my feelings about this whole thing. Um, and I think that's all the time we have for today. Uh, next week, I will break down tonight's game. Hopefully, we'll finally win uh, something. Uh, and I'm hoping to sit down with the host of Locked On Winnipeg Jets to break down the trade and look at, you know, Line A versus Dubois, because that's what this trade is. Uh, Roslovich and the third is just kind of sweetness for both sides. Uh, but I hope you have a better Saturday than I am having, and I will see you on Monday.